read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views. Welcome to News and Views. I'm your host, Rob Schofield. If you've paid any attention to the news from Washington of late, you know that Congress is seriously discussing legislation that would both address problems at the southern border and provide a package of desperately needed foreign aid to Ukraine and other global hotspots. And while the package enjoys support from the White House and members of both parties, it's also drawing heat from immigrant advocates who think it will cause great harm to migrants fleeing violence and persecution, and Donald Trump, who's campaigning on an anti-immigration platform and wants to deny any policy victories to President Biden. And earlier this week, while the matter was still very much up in the air, I caught up with a journalist who follows it on a daily basis, State's Newsroom Washington, D.C. Bureau reporter Ariana Figueroa. Well, Ariana Figueroa, welcome to News and Views. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. So as we record this, it seems that Congress might be making some headway on legislation that would sort of alter U.S. immigration policy in some fundamental ways and also provide some desperately needed relief to the nation of Ukraine. First of all, why are these issues even linked at all? They seem like two very different things uh, to us lay people out here in the hinterland. That is a great question. So the reason that this is linked with Ukraine aid is because um, in order for this, you know, multi-billion dollar global security package to go through, a lot of Republicans said that they would not support, you know, this aid is for Ukraine, Israel, Indo-Pacific countries, and as well as some like humanitarian aid for Gaza. They said they would not support this unless there were significant uh, policy changes made at the southern border because the White House included about $14 billion in U.S. border security. And so, you know, the argument that some Republicans made is, one, we do want it tied to this supplemental package, but also why would we give money if, you know, the policy changes are not going to be made? So this issue that they have is not necessarily funding. This is a policy changes that they want. So that's why they're tied together. And this would be, you know, if it does pass, it would be the most significant change to immigration law in 30 years. (laughs) Congress has not had a great track record on, you know, making those changes. And so it would be quite substantial. We had Congressman Deborah Ross, who represents the Triangle here on the radio show earlier, and she mentioned that she'd been to the border and she thought that there was no doubt that regardless of what your take is on on immigration policy, the need for more appropriations at the border is pretty clear in terms of just getting adequate staffing, adequate facilities. There's just a, a huge problem just not having enough people and facilities there to process those who are trying to enter the country. For sure. Uh, There's definitely been a struggle with asylum officers, too, because most of these claims are people, you know, claiming asylum. And so not only are you trying to like process them, but also, you know, verify through a credible fear interview. And also we're having like a lot of unaccompanied kids coming through, too. And so that, you know, obviously takes priorities. So there are definitely some constraints and struggles at the at the southern border that, you know, those officials are trying to deal with. Remind our listeners, most of them who are probably not immigration lawyers, what is asylum? What is parole? These are terms we keep hearing bandied about that there's going to be changed to how they're applied. 
Is it possible to sort of, can you give us a, a very thumbnail sketch of what we're talking about? We're Absolutely. Talking about? I will also admit that I am not an immigration <laughs> attorney as well, but my my understanding um, specifically with this immigration deal is that asylum and parole have been the two sticking points. Mm-hmm. And so I'll start with asylum. The way that you uh, can claim asylum, if you're not an American citizen, you could say, I have a credible fear you know, of persecution. If I go back, I, I will be like harmed or killed. And so in order for um, your claim to be gone through, you will go through the immigration courts, which currently have, you know, talk about constraint, you know, there's about a 2 million backlog in immigration courts. And there's only like a 100 or so maybe more, you know, give or take a couple uh, immigration judges who will make that. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's, it's not like every state has their own like immigration court. So many people are traveling thousands of miles for a court date. And a lot of folks are having their court dates out as some as like 2030, which doesn't sound like a real year. Um, uh, But that's just the reality of the situation. So in this text, there has been talk about chain making changes to asylum law to essentially raise the bar for migrants to claim asylum, which has absolutely like angered many Latino Democrats and immigration advocates, especially the fact that, you know, when Biden was running for president in 2020, he made it very clear that he wants to restore asylum law and that he, you know, presented himself as a foil to really hardline immigration policies of Trump, of Donald Trump. And so a lot of Democrats and, um, uh, you know, immigration advocates are really upset about those potential changes to asylum. And again, like we have not seen the text, you know, I do not know the specifics of it, but that has, has been talked. And then the other thing that has been a really hard line is parole authority. So parole was created under the uh, Immigration and Nationality Act in 1952. It was essentially allowing, you know, someone who is uh, not an American citizen allowed into the country on like case by case basis, you know, for humanitarian reasons um, or, you know, public benefit that could be, you know, it's a medical emergency, funerals or potentially someone who witnessed a crime and needs to testify in the U.S. So it's been used in previous administrations. However, the Biden administration has really um, kind of expanded that use, you know, by creating certain parole programs for certain nationals. You know, we saw that with Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. So there's a Unite for Ukraine. That's a parole program. We saw that for Afghans during the fall of Afghanistan. You know, he's created it for, you know, Cubans, Nicaraguans, Venezuelans. So they have really expanded their use of parole authority and Republicans have wanted to curb that use. Their argument is that, you know, the administration is abusing it. Um, which is actually one of the arguments for impeaching Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, which is going on on Tuesday. So they're drafting articles of impeachment over, you know, immigration policy. So asylum and parole is what they are really focusing on. And like I said, haven't seen how much they want to curb parole, but uh, Republicans do want to limit the White House's use of it. So those are kind of the two sticking points that are going on in these immigration talks. 
We're talking with State's Newsroom, Washington, D.C. Bureau reporter Ariana Figueroa. We're talking about the immigration policy debate that's going on in Washington right now. What about the Dreamers? What about folks who've been um, admitted to the U.S. under the DACA program? Does this, is that even part of this discussion or is that just being put off for the umpteenth time? In the beginning of these talks, there was, you know, questions about are we going to create a pathway for citizenship for, you know, the nearly 800,000 DACA recipients. And I will say, like, in this deal, there is no pathway for citizenship for anyone. DACA was initially floated. Same thing with Afghans in the humanitarian parole program was floated. And Senate Republicans have made it like very clear that this is a good deal for, you know, Republicans um, saying that these changes make significant policy changes at the U.S. border while also not granting any pathway to citizenship. So they are not part of this uh, deal. Although I guess the hope would be that it doesn't foreclose the possibility if we know that North Carolina is one of our Republican senators. Tom Tillis has at least made mm-hmm. some offerings in that direction to try to find some sort of permanent or semi-permanent solution for the for the DACA recipients. I suppose that would be the, uh, looking on the bright side, maybe there could still be future legislation in that realm. Yeah, Tillis and independent Kirsten Cinema have, you know, worked together to try and create some type of pathway to citizenship for for dreamers. But the Congress hasn't done anything in 30 years. It's immigration policy is really hard to get done. One factor that seems to be making things even more complicated of late, of course, is former President Donald Trump, who is the candidate for president again. He's come back to his anti-immigrant platform that was so a part of his previous runs for office, particularly in 2016. He seems to be trying to block this effort, right? He's trying to tell the Republicans in Congress, don't you cut any deals with Biden. That'll give him a victory. I want to run on this issue. That's pretty much how it's going right now. Yeah. And it caused, you know, quite confusion on Capitol Hill last week. Because, you know, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell had a closed door conference with Senate Republicans saying that the reality of this is this immigration deal. Um, you know, it, it, we are in an election year. And as, as you mentioned, Trump is making immigration part of his central campaign, as he did in 2016. And that would potentially give Biden a win. And so <laughs> Trump has more supporters definitely in the House who who are kind of agree with him. It, you know, at least the vibe on Capitol Hill last last week on the Senate side, I could say, was very much, you know, we have to get this done regardless of, you know, whether it's a presidential election year. And the lead Republican negotiator, uh, Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma, has reiterated that as well. We're coming to the end of our time with uh, Ariana Figueroa, who's a Washington, D.C. Bureau reporter for State's Newsroom. We're talking about the immigration machinations in Washington. So, uh, Ariana, do you have any projections or does your gut tell you what might happen? Is it, and, and when it comes to the politics, is it your assumption that Biden is just making the hard decision? I can't alienate pro-immigrant voters any more than Trump is, they'll see that I'm more receptive to their point of view than he is. And I've got to have this for Ukraine. So that's why I'm willing to make this deal. Is is that a best assumption of what's going on here with the politics? Oh, I never like to assume what anyone <laughs> is thinking. 
Um, but, you know, in in terms of how Biden has taken, you know, this stance is he's just made very clear that he, he's al- always been, I am a deal maker. I will work, want to work in a bipartisan fashion. So he's just really seeing this as I'm willing to work with Republicans and, you know, I'm ready to take that step. Um, he hasn't really, at least what I've seen, he hasn't really addressed any concerns that um, immigration advocates or, you know, Democrats have even, you know, you know, said he's mostly just saying, you know, this is going to give me the authority to fix this problem. And it's up to essentially spinning it that it's up to Republicans if they want to, you know, take that uh, step. And there's definitely this big deadline element, too, because December was the last time that the U.S. was able to send Ukraine aid. And currently, you know, they're ras- the country is rationing their ammunition. So there definitely is a we need to, you know, have that strong global presence. But I guess we'll see in the next couple of weeks what happens. It's an interesting stew. Boy, uh, one thing seems likely is that probably won't be any kind of permanent fix, much like the budget, much like everything else in Washington. It's kind of a stopgap bit of legislation. So um, even if they do pass it, but we really appreciate you being there to keep us informed on it. You can find all of Ariana's writings at ncnewsline.com. Ariana, please keep up the good work. We'll talk again perhaps later this year. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me and thanks for listening. Coming up next, more Washington talk in a two-part conversation with Triangle Area Congresswoman Deborah Ross. Don't go away. 